Hello, we're here on episode 98 of The Space In Between, and today we're sitting with one of our past guests, Katie Sroka. She was on about a year ago. She She's a special human. She shares a bit more about her journey. Last time she was on, she was talking about going through her divorce and how she was unpacking her own life up until then and doing a lot of beautiful healing and inner work. And we just thought it would be nice to check in on her. You know, here we are leading up to our hundredth episode and in two episodes from now. And we just wanted to check in on a couple of our our past guests. So as you saw last week, we sat with David Lionheart, who actually interviewed me and Katie and I, we we just kind of sit and catch up and see where we're both at. So that will be in just a moment. And let's see what's happening in Nomadland. I'm so excited to be offering courses over at Teachable. So we now have our own site, nomadalwaysathome.teachable.com. We have a couple of courses up right now. Uh, if you're a beginning yogi, we have a beginner yoga series that's up there. That's a three-part series that you could use individually or all together to get you into your body, moving into the basics of yoga. And then we have my Who Are You Becoming? A six-week self-paced self-discovery journey where you can dive in with my Movement 109 practice, journal prompts, guided meditations, other self-discovery and expanded awareness practices that will give you some some tools to feel empowered and owning your life and who you want to become in this new world as we create it here together. And we're happy to also be announcing that we have Om Wellness. This is our content from back at our Nomad and Beyond Global Festival. And we organize it in a beautiful way where you can access mental wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, and other wellness ways to be well holistically yeah treating all of you and that is again offerings from our various contributors that were part of our global festival so lots happening over there at our new teachable site we have other things that will be there shared with you all soon so just go ahead check it out sign up for a course and dive on in and now let's go ahead and sit with katie Okay, we're here with Katie again. Oh my gosh, Katie, it's been over a year since uh, we had you on the first the first version of or edition of uh, your podcast, and then we, we met two years ago. I think it was this week. Yeah, right? this month. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you sent me a text yes. uh, when we landed when we were supposed to have landed in Belize. So, mm-hmm. welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back on. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought it would be fun to have some people that are special to me that have been on this podcast before of the space in between and, and check in, you know, what is this space in between of the pandemic looking like for you and what's evolved since the last time you were here with us about a year ago? Like I said, I think it was September last year. Mm-hmm. And by the time here that'll be end of October or maybe early November. So um, yeah, what's going on, girl? 
oh, wow, a lot has happened in the past year. <laughs> um, so I moved out <laughs> on my own during the pandemic. So I was with a roommate, as you know, when you came to visit last year. Um, yes. So that, that was an interesting transition while we weren't allowed to go out and do anything. Um, I've quit drinking. That was okay. a big thing for me. Yeah. So two weeks, like the first two weeks of uh, when the pandemic started, I was drinking pretty much every day, which I'm sure a lot of people in this world were doing. And I had been wanting to quit drinking for a while. And this was kind of a really good excuse to do so. Um, it's like, I didn't want to drink by myself. <laughs> like, what am, what am I doing? Like, I normally never had an issue with alcohol. Um, and, but I realized like during this pandemic, I was kind of just drinking to cope and it's something I hadn't done before. So I quit and then gave myself a goal of to not drink for six months. And I reached that goal at the end of September and I'm just going to continue with it. So that's a big thing. That's great. And, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And I know we talked about um, my coaching also on the last call and I launched a group program with a friend of mine. So we are in our final two weeks of that. Oh, cool. Okay. I want to know about all of this stuff. Okay. So the last time I saw you, we were sitting on your bed. We did a bed interview. <laughs> we sat on your bed and did a bed interview. So you decided to move out, I think you said in June, right? Of this year. Yep. So um, where are you now? I mean, is it in the same, you're in Denver, correct? Mm -hmm. Denver. Yeah. I'm just two miles Northwest of where I was before. So still very close to the city. Okay, good. And you're in your own little place. And I'm looking at you right now and there's so much sun there. So how, when was the last time you lived by yourself? Oh, wow. It was probably six or seven years ago. So this was okay. a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that transition? I mean, I know there is, there, like you said, there's the pandemic. You also decided to not drink alone and eliminate that. So, but um, other than that, how does it feel just to be independent again and um, in the midst of all those other things, is anything coming up for you or are you just enjoying it? I'm just enjoying it. I am a person who needs a ton of alone time. It's how I recharge. Um, so especially with all the alone time I had during the pandemic, this was kind of a really good thing for me. I know other people, the extroverts, of course, were going through a really hard time during this. But for me, I was like, oh, this is great. I can just like look internally and <laughs> go through all the shit that I need to myself. Um, you know, and we're kind of addicted to like our healing, which I, I am sometimes. Um, it was a good thing for me. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been really enjoying it. It's nice to have my own quiet space. That's so funny. I know I felt the same way um, as I mean, yes, that the initial freak out of what's going to happen, what is happening. But then when we just didn't, we weren't able to be with people again, I thought, Oh, good. Like, I love my friends, but I really need some downtime. Like, it was really nice not to have a full schedule of things to do. And just, yeah, I'm so much like you to the introvert. I just, I really need to recharge and thinking, finally, everybody's joining my schedule now. <laughs> yeah, someone recently asked me what my favorite part of quarantine was. And I was like, not seeing people like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, I don't mean it in a, in a bad way. It was just, I was so go, go, go. And that was my own fault for packing my schedule. Um, but yeah, I just like, I needed to slow down. And I've been hearing from so many people too, that they, they've really enjoyed the slowdown process as well. So I think we all kind of needed it in some way. Yeah. I mean, because you had just, I mean, 
you were relatively new to the Denver area. And I remember when I saw you last year, you did, you had like lots of things going on and, and even just trying to coordinate a time to talk on the phone. We were like, you know, putting our little busy schedules together to try to find time. So it sounds like you, yeah, that was a blessing for you to kind of have that downtime. And have you found that you've repacked in your schedule again now that things have shifted a bit? Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty busy again for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so like, all right, when's my, when's my next alone time for the whole weekend? <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. Isn't that funny? It happened. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering, because you're not the first person who said that, and I'm included too. I'm wondering if we, we know what's looming ahead, right? This next three or four weeks of, you know, election season. I'm wondering if we unconsciously packed it in just to avoid that. I don't know. Do you, does that resonate with you at all? No, that's a, it's a good thing to ask. Um, it could be, I haven't really thought of it that way, but yeah, it's like, and especially with winter coming up, I feel like I'm going to kind of isolate a little bit. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it could be right before the, before the cold weather and the snow comes, it's just get everything in again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is like that last, the last hurrahs when we have the warmer days. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of in my, with my family, they're very political. So that, that is a conversation that happens. So I feel the need to kind of create a little bit more. um, I don't want to even say distraction because I'm very well aware of what's happening, but uh, there's so much shifting in our our immediate world in terms of the United States, but also collectively too. And I uh, just feel like I need to be of service in some way, keep, help us all stay grounded. And I'm, wondering, I'm guessing you are too, because you are a helper in a lot of ways in that respect. So, um, you, so you transitioned, you said in June, you moved into your own place. And then you said that, I'm sorry, the, the timeline for your drinking, you, you decided to do that when you moved into your own place. No, that happened um, so like March time. 31st okay. was the last time I had a beer. Um, yeah, so that happened while I was still living with my old roommate. Um, <clears throat> and it was probably sometime before I even moved out on my own where I was like, oh, you know what, I'll just go six months and see what happens. Yeah. Okay, you did it before, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So it was like okay. probably two, three weeks after the pandemic started. Okay, got it. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Six months, yes. Now mm-hmm. I know where we are. In time. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know I I feel the same way, and I know there are other people in in our world that you know never necessarily thought of them having a problem drinking, but just felt like okay, this isn't serving me anymore, and 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 making that shift to just consciously take a break or or quit completely. Um, so I'm wondering for you, you know, when you decided to pull it out, because I will speak to mine. I, when I decided to, it was a gradual shift. I never really decided to do like six months. I just decided just not to have it around, you know, or not be around that. Um, and I, and I came to realize that, oh, maybe I did have a little bit of a problem, you know, in terms of like everything that I I did when I lived in New York city was around, you know, where's the next drink to meet a friend. So were you, have you kind of recognized that for yourself that 
you know, maybe it was this, this thing that was a big part of your life that you didn't realize now that it's not there. Yeah. So when I say I didn't have a problem with it, like what I mean is like, there's just no alcoholism with me. Um, but yeah, I've definitely realized, and it started a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. Um, just especially when I was in Chicago, it's such a binge drinking city Whereas all you do with your friends is drink. And I was so sick of it. It's like, why can't we just hang out and talk to each other, or do something else? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of been itching at me for a while. Um, but yeah, when I stopped drinking, I definitely had more clarity on why I was drinking. So I had this false sense of confidence after a couple of drinks, um, which now I have on my own without having a substance in my hand. I've been to like a couple of weddings and been sober and didn't have to worry about like, Oh, where's, where's the bartender? I need my glass of wine. Um, and I think there's just a lot of pressure and it's not that my friends ever pressured me to drink, but it's just, Oh, well they're drinking. So I'll just do it. Even if I knew I didn't want to. So then it's just going against what my body needs and then getting that like anxiety the next day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what is, like, what is this? Why am I feeling so inside? Um, So yeah, there's definitely more clarity on why I was drinking now that I have, I'm away from it. That's yeah, that's beautiful for you to recognize. And I love how you just said, you know, what your body needs, mm-hmm. right? And, and instead of kind of going against the grain with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that is, that's, a, you know, the work that you're doing um, just in your own self-discovery uh, and what I've been doing too. Yeah, we become more and more connected to those messages of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a lot of the work that I, I like to share with people is that connection. So, uh, so wait, you went to weddings during the pandemic? Yeah. Two weddings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm Very interested. To, how was that? Um, they were, they were great. It's, um, you know, no precautions were taken, but, uh, I felt safe, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Not much else to say there. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you didn't get COVID. Everybody right. ended up being okay. Good. Everyone's fine. I haven't yeah. heard of anybody being sick, so we're all okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So there wasn't like a test on, on the side, like for everybody didn't need to have a test or anything like that. No. You're like, no, no. <laughs> we won't no. tell them. <laughs> yeah. Good. One yeah. Is than the other. So, yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. And then the last time we spoke, you were really doing a lot of work, um, you know, kind of unpacking the relationship you had, your marriage. And it was about a year or so out. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Um, And you've done a lot of, I'm sure, I mean, I see you on Instagram sharing a lot. Like, where, where are you at with that? How are you feeling these days? You know, um, my two years since the official divorce happened in August and my parents were like, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I was like, I'm, I'm good. Why? What's happening? Like, Oh, you know, your divorce date just passed and I didn't even think of it. Wow. So that's a really huge sign. Um, and even the day I left was, it's like, of course it's a day I remember, but that day just passed without me even thinking about it. Wow. So, um, I'm doing very well. <laughs> I am actually in a relationship now. Oh, good. Um, very, very healthy. He's a wonderful man. Um, so even in actually just the very beginning of the relationship with him, um, 
I had to, it, it, I felt so calm, which was so different than how I felt with my ex. And I had to keep telling myself like, this is healthy. Healthy mm-hmm. means calm. Cause I was so used to the chaos and the anxiety and thinking that like, oh, these butterflies mean I'm like, just had this crush. Um, so it was definitely hard in the beginning and I had to grieve my single life because I fought so hard to kind of overcome the divorce and what I went through. Um, and just like, and just kind of grieve like, okay, I did this on my own and now I'm like moving on with a partner now. So that was kind of a big deal for me. That is. Yeah. Having two years of being single. And, you know, when I saw you that last year, I felt like you were really kind of enjoying that single life and having a lot of independence and meeting different friends. And, and so it is, that is a big transition. So, and I love what you just said about, you know, feeling calm and Mm -hmm. calm is healthy. I I've been experiencing that myself too of, Oh, I was kind of addicted to that chaos. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm, I'm wondering if you were, I'm guessing you were feeling that previous to your marriage too, in relationships. Is that true? The calm or the chaos? The chaos, the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, The chaos. Definitely. And, And I didn't know it was chaos. Yeah. Familiar feeling in my body. Can you explain a little bit more about that for somebody who's might be trying to figure that out for themselves? Sure. So I feel like whenever people talk about having butterflies in their stomach, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's always a good thing. I think it's more anxiety and just, just this gut feeling of maybe nervousness around this person. Um, <clears throat> and I'll just speak for myself that that happened a lot with me in the beginning of my relationship with my ex. And I was like, oh, I'm just nervous. I'm so excited to see him. But it was more, my body was reacting because it was just an unhealthy fit. And it was, I was grasping and grabbing for like love and attention from him. Um, whereas I did not have to do this with my current partner. Yeah. If that helps explain. It's great. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. I mean, you just nailed it, you know, having that, the butterflies, cause we do, we think like it's the romance, this somewhat mm-hmm. of a programming of like, Oh, here he is, you know, let's get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that's not always so healthy uh, for, for all of us involved. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what do you think is the biggest, like, what was the biggest game changer for you prior to this relationship where you felt not just that calm when you were with him, but for yourself that you felt like, okay, I'm ready. Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I, so I worked with a coach right before the pandemic hit and it was more, and it was a lot about, um, embodying, embodying your feminine side, which is something I had not even really heard of before. So I think it was just opening my heart, um, surrendering to receive. Cause I, in, of course, in the past, I, I had kind of had a wall up over my heart, um, because of being hurt so much. So it was just kind of letting that flow, um, and not chasing and grabbing, which is what I definitely did in the past and just kind of, you know, letting his masculine take over and take the lead. And I would just follow, um, which might be confusing for people who don't understand masculine and feminine energies. And it's definitely, was a new thing for me. Um, yeah, I think that was, that was definitely a big thing for me. Just kind of like, let it, let it flow, surrender to what's going to happen. 
and not just be like, Hey, hi, I'm still here. Like, this was definitely what I did in the past. Like you haven't, you haven't messaged me and just like poke, poke, poke <laughs> because yeah. it's all that anxious attachment that I had previously. Yeah. I think that that's, that is something for a lot of women to uh, recognize for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like I just want them to know that I'm here. Let's just keep planting those seeds, right? right? Keep watering them. You so know. what's that? He knows. Yeah. So, and so this, that was a big shift for you just internally. It sounds like with, with this course that you took or the coaching that you took, but then he sounded like he somewhat appeared or did you have a relationship with him already building? And no, I met him a year ago, um, in a workshop in Denver that he ran. And then we were just talking through Instagram since then. Um, and then I just messaged him like, Hey, you want to hang out? (laughs) And we did. Okay. And I built from there. Oh, that's beautiful. And so, and so you just allowed, you just mm-hmm. arrived and you, you made the initial contact, mm-hmm. but then you just stepped back and trusted. It sounds like. Yeah. And it wasn't even, I didn't even reach out for anything. It was just, I really admired this person and I love his work. I just want to talk to him and get to know him outside of social media. So there was no, like, there was no really agenda on my side, I should say. Um, which is very much naturally flowed. That's so beautiful. Good. Oh, I love it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some good stuff there. What, so I'm learning, I'm doing a lot of work with the, the divine feminine and masculine too. So can you explain to somebody, um, kind of your journey to finding that, you know, what, what turned you on there? Um, so I'm still learning a lot about it. So I don't know if I could even really explain as much as maybe you can, um, in terms of your journey, like what was drawing you there and yeah. Yeah. So I guess it was my coach. Um, so I worked with Courtney, Courtney McNabb earlier this year and just watching her on Instagram, she just to me would do weird shit and didn't care about it. I was like, I want to be like that. I want to show my weird side and my silly side and not care what people think. And she's kind of flowed and just did her own thing. Um, so working with that and just like, I'm very much in my head a lot, Mm. brought a lot of embodiment practices, which is now what I do with my clients. Um, and so it's just kind of getting out of my head and kind of tapping into my body a lot more, which, which I actually talked about your movement 109 class with someone recently and how the time where I felt the most free in my life. Um, yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm still working on it, I guess. And it was just like my first little piece into it. So I still feel like I have a long ways to go to tap into my feminine. Um, and I'm now working with uh, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson to, to tap more into my sensual side of the feminine. Okay. But I'm just, oof, I'm just going. <laughs> nice. It sounds like you're just, you've been these past couple of years since your divorce that you've just been following the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the part of my healing now. Okay. Now this, you know, let me tap into what this divine feminine is all about. And then, okay, let me, let me test it out in a relationship. It sounds like you're just really, um, following those breadcrumbs. And I can't remember if it was a text between you and I, or if there was an Instagram post of yours, but you were talking about like forcing your healing. Mm, yeah, I just posted that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a post. I sometimes forget if there are actual conversations that I have with people. <laughs> so, 
So, yes. So I am really curious to know, because what I'm listening to you right now and watching from afar, because we don't have like a, a daily or a very regular check-in, we kind of check in every couple of months, but from afar, it seems very organic. It seems for you, especially, you know, how old are you or around? You don't have to say you're 36. 36. Yeah. I knew you were thirties, but I couldn't remember, but you know, that's still really young, but you had a lot of years behind you of, of programming to sorts. And then here it is, you know, two years of you doing this really deep dive of, of work. And, you know, it started before that I know, but, um, it looks to me from afar that you have been doing a lot of beautiful work and it has been organic. So, I'm really curious to know about, you know, what your like the forces for you. What is that looking like? Like, oh, I should be healed by now. Like, what yeah. are these expectations that you have for yourself or just yeah. want to speak? Sure. So I feel like I um, did really well in my healing with my divorce and I reached this point where I was just so, I, the last time I was on the show with you, I was like, I'm so content and feel so much gratitude every day. And then, um, I went home, I went back to Chicago, which is where I'm from in July. And I think just being around family and friends who've known me my whole life, I kind of stepped back into my old programming and conditioning. And when I got back to Denver, I was in this deep shame spiral for a long time. Um, and I think that, that kind of showed me that, okay, you've done so well so far, but here's your next, here's the next thing that you need to work on in your life. Um, so a lot was coming up inside. So then I started working with a trauma therapist and we had only three sessions of talk therapy. And then I was like, okay, when are we going to do the trauma work? Like I'm ready. I'm ready. And I kept telling her like, I'm ready to do this. Um, and I think then the last time I saw her, she asked about my sense of urgency. And I think what it is, um, because I know what it's like to be on the other side of divorce and healing and how wonderful that feels that it's like, okay, once I get over this next hurdle of my healing, I'll be on that side again. And so I think I'm like grasping and grabbing, not in my feminine, um, to get to this healing, this other side of the healing. So I think that's why I'm kind of feel like I'm rushing right now. Mm. Um, even though I know it's such a process and it took, you know, a year plus for me with my divorce and the healing. Um, but it's like, right, I want, I want to get, I want to get that feeling back. And I think I'm just like, all right, I'm grabbing at it. Mm, interesting. It kind of goes back to, um, I'm going to use a different word that you used earlier. You used the word chaos mm. of the relationship. And for me, I actually had a teacher who tell me one time, cause I was, you know, it was a yoga class and I was, how do you feel this? You know, where, where are you supposed to feel this in the pose? And she said, Phoebe, you, you're, you don't have to be a sensation junkie here. And I think what I was realizing when I was on doing my healing of my divorce and my father passing too, that um, it was the, the chaos and sensation are some somewhat similar. And so I'm wondering for you, if there's still a little bit of that pattern too, of the, not that it's chaos, but this like sensation of like, okay, I need this next thing, right. Um, to get over that, that hump to the, the, the healing, which is sort of like a high to you in a sense, right? Yeah. Like that high gratitude. So, because I mean, there is, it's just going to, you just said it, there's going to be another level. There's going to be another layer to unfold. So 
Yeah, I think we all know once we start this healing and we start doing the inner work, like, okay, we're in this for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you might have a moment of gratitude, or sometimes you might have a couple months of gratitude, like you said, of like on the other side of the healing. But then there's gonna be the next thing. Sure. So I'm wondering if like even in this time and space where you are unpacking a lot, it sounds like. Um, are you still able to um, embody embody that healing that that feeling of the other side of healing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it comes and goes. I feel like I've definitely been in this big up and down roller coaster lately. Um, and it's just allowing grace and self compassion and love for myself. You're like, okay, slow down. Like you you know what this is about. You know, you just need to sit with yourself and feel it and allow it to pass. Yeah. So I know it's there. It's just doing it yeah it's hard stuff man but you're showing up for yourself every day it sounds like and some days we also need a day off (laughs) absolutely are you are you able to do that for yourself you know give yourself some time and space just to be and yeah yeah I still like to go um solo hiking a lot because that's super therapeutic for me so um, that's like my time to really ground and come back to myself. What does that feel like to you coming back to yourself? It's peaceful. Um, and it's kind of like a restart when it happens. And I feel like I really do need nature to do that. Um, it just calms my mind. I think I'm so, I get so caught up in, in my brain. Um, and it just brings me back to my body and like allowing the feeling and allowing process and just to flow. Yeah. I know there is something about nature yeah, and being alone in nature too. Like you said, you do the solo hikes just to, you know, be calm and still and, and hear what nature has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about you? What's been happening with you this past year since I've seen you last? <laughs> we'll do a little check in with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been an interesting, I think when I saw you was, little beginning of September and I had already given up my plate, my apartment in Beacon, New York. And I just kept going, you know, I did a little bit of time in New York for projects and then I went to Bali to leave. I think there was some, yeah, there was a bit of traveling over the winter and in Spain. I went to Spain and New Mexico and somewhere else, Minnesota. I did a, like a couple of different trips and then ended up in Bali for my retreat. Wait, and the pandemic, what's that? Did you get stuck in Bali? I almost did. Yeah. They closed the airports the next day. Mm. And it was this moment of like sitting at the airport. I was with Jessica, who you know from uh, Belize. Yeah. She, she was in Bali with me and we had stayed an extra week after the retreat week or 10 days. I can't remember. And she was ready to go home. She wanted to go home, be with her dogs. And I was sort of like, what's on the other side? Because mine was a big fat question mark before the pandemic of just, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm going to just keep, keep doing this nomad life. I'd like to end up somewhere. So when I saw you, I was kind of figuring out if maybe the Southwest or like, you know, where you're at would be the place to be. Um, you know, that's why I went to New Mexico again. So I had this big fat question mark with this intention of like, maybe I'll go out there for a period of time. Um, but when I was in Bali at the airport and we were having some difficulty 
planning, um, getting our flight because of the, the, the way that our path was it, we had a long layover in Taipei and that was, if you stayed for more than X amount of hours, I don't remember, then you had to quarantine for 14 days there. And we would have, and they did, weren't going to tell us that until we were getting there. So somehow in Bali, we realized that and we had to change our flight so that we didn't have that layover. But I was sort of like, maybe I just stay in Bali. <laughs> I really was. Yeah. And you know, my grandmother from Belize too. And I was, and I was like, okay, you know what? I really want to be with my family my grandmother and my mom. Um, so let me go. And, and so I basically went to back to New York and quarantine for a couple of like almost a month. And then I came here to West Virginia and I've been here this whole time. Um, and just kind of found my own place recently and just moved in as you're, we're talking, I'm sitting in my new place. Yeah. And it just kind of, it's the only thing that makes sense right now to me. Um, it just feels like I definitely didn't think of West Virginia. That was not on my list of places that I wanted to land. Yeah. Uh, but because, and I know that we can travel still. I mean, you got to go to two weddings and, and all that, but I know that we can, we can still travel, but when I look at the bigger picture, like, gosh, if something happened to my family, would I be able to get there as quickly as I could? Um, or just, or just that important, not even like from a fear place, but also just wanting to be near my family to, you know, what you were talking about before of that alone time, I really need to, but I've never really been around my family since college. You know, when I moved to college, I have never lived near my family. And so there was some um, level of, of importance that I didn't realize was there that I needed to recharge in that respect. So yeah, it feels kind of necessary to be here right now during these times that are just shifting. Um, I'm learning a lot, you know, reconnecting with my family in a more kind of condensed way than I had before. Usually it's like little trips here and there seeing them, but now it's like all the time, you know, living with grandma was literally every day. So I'm learning a lot from, from that relationship, but also learning a lot from them as human beings of like who I am and why I'm the way that I am. Uh, so I'm just using, I, as I said to you before we started this, we started recording. I'm really just surrendering to it. I'm in that divine feminine too of the allowing, not trying to force anything, you know, even though I have my lists of things to do and what I want in my life, uh, I'm not, I'm not forcing it. You know, I think that that time and it, it either will fall away because it's not necessary anymore, or it's just, it will happen. Sure. I'm just trusting that it will happen in its own time and space. So yeah. That's what I've been up to. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, like you said, you had a big question mark, but this time really made you prioritize what is important to you right now. And that is family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it is true. I mean, you know, well, you're kind of transitioning into a part, being a part with a partner again, but when you have such freedom, when it's just you, right? No animals, no partner. Um, it, there, it, it's so liberating. There's so much freedom, but then that's also a little bit scary too. Mm -hmm. Um, in a sense, it's like, 
who do I call? Like, who's my emergency contact? <laughs> <laughs> who's my emergency contact? Who do I call? Like if I, you know, my car breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like those little things where you realize, you know, what, it, who are, who are your people? You know, who do you want to be with at the end of the day? Um, so that's interesting. So like, yeah. We love uh, and cherish our, cherish our independence. And then when we, like, now that I'm back in a relationship, it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's really nice to have someone around and, um, yeah, it's a good transition. Yeah. Yeah. For you, I'm wondering, because I, I, I'll use the example of cooking. Yeah. So in my marriage, cooking was kind of a big deal. Like we, we had people over, we lived in a city too, like you said, in Chicago, there's, it was always around involved it our engagements were always involved with drinking and having you know having dinners and having people over and so food was a big thing for for that you know there was a lot of happiness i'll say around that but then as i transitioned into being single i had so many nights of cooking for myself where i was crying like chopping the vegetable and it wasn't onions <laughs> but just like oh my god and And then, you know, I'd have relationships. I've had some relationships, you know, over these seven years and having that joy, like having that spark of joy again in in that, like, oh, this is what I used to do. And, and now I'm feeling like being here, especially like cooking again and like having that joy within myself and not having the partner. But I'm wondering if you had something like that too, where, you know, there was something joyful within your relationship and then trying to reclaim it for yourself and your independence. Yeah. I'd say hiking was a really big thing for that. Um, my ex and I would, were really big into the outdoors and he's kind of the one who got me into camping and all that. Um, so I always had an adventure buddy. So when I was single, um, going out and hiking on my own was such a big deal. And I remember even just going to the forest preserves in Chicago, which is not hiking. It's super safe. Like there's no mountain lions out there that's going to, that are going to get me. Um, and even just being like, wow, I'm doing this on my own. Like it was such a big deal for me just to do something on my own. Um, and then I learned to just love hiking by myself. It's like, I, I actually prefer it now, um, than to be with other people. But then when he and I started hiking together, it was like, oh, nice. Like, great. I have, I have this man around if a mountain lion does come and attack me, like I don't have to just fend for myself. That that divine masculine, he will get you, he will take care of you. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I definitely still like need some solo hikes just Mm -hmm. to, like I said, connect back to myself, but yeah, it's, it's definitely nice having him around. So yeah, I totally understand that cooking and how you go from one person to learning how to do it on your own and then kind of bringing someone else in it. Yeah. Well, and I love just the way that you said that too, of like, you had this in your relationship, you found it for yourself. And now that you have this partner, you're also integrating it and having that joy, um, about the balance of the two, right? You didn't give up your independence. You still go on your, your hikes alone and then you get to have him along too, to -hmm. protect you from those mountain lions. Exactly. And I remember this was a big deal for you too. The retreat that you came on in Belize uh, was, you know, traveling by yourself and and doing something completely. I mean, you came with a to our group, but you came solo to our group. Yeah, yeah, it's such a huge deal for me. And yeah, last December I did uh, my actual only solo trip to Aruba. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell me about that. 
It was, it was amazing. Um, <clears throat> I think like Belize and going with a group for the retreat, to me, it still felt like I was going by myself, but I knew there were people I was going to meet. Um, yeah. so still that safety net. And so it was a goal of mine for 2019 to do an actual solo trip. So I realized sometime in October last year, I was like, Hey, I haven't done anything yet. So I booked a trip kind of last minute to Aruba. Um, and I just, the best thing is just, I did whatever I wanted. And I think that's what I had to learn about being single. And what I loved about being single is I didn't have to like ask anybody what they wanted to do. And it was like such a big thing for me because I was always so worried about, and always just thinking about other people um, ahead of myself. Like that was a big part of my codependency. So just allowing myself to do whatever I wanted and to not have to think about it was so freeing, I'd have to say. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. That's interesting. Um, the codependency thing. I think that, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think I'm very similar to you. I don't know how other people are, but I was thinking, yeah, that probably is a common theme for people traveling together. Of Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, I want to make sure you're good. Yeah. But yeah. You're just like, what do I want to do? Oh, I'm going to sleep in today. Oh, I'm going to do 500 things. Like you get to choose. Yeah. Choose adventure. And I love adventuring as you know, so I thought I'd be doing so much stuff when I was there, but all I really wanted to do was sit on the beach and read. It's like, oh, this is so nice. I can just, I can just do this and I don't have to be like, oh, you want to go do an adventure? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got to relax so much. Well, I mean, and you just said you earlier, you're an introvert. So I'm wondering, yeah, you love the adventure, but also you, you need that recharge time and you are actually giving yourself that permission yeah. to because like you said, in the pandemic too, like with quarantine, it's like, oh, I get to do, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was nice. Yeah. yeah. What does adventure to you look like? I'm curious to know that. Ooh, um, anything outdoors is adventure. So anything that is challenging to me. Um, so I like to do really hard, steep hikes um, when I'm on my own because it's a challenge and like going to Aruba and snorkeling, I used to have this fear of fish. So doing that was challenging to me. So that was an adventure. Um, kind of like, I feel a sense of accomplishment, I guess, in the outdoors of whatever I'm doing is adventurous to me. I love it. Yes. And then you recharge with a book. (laughs) Finding that balance. Yeah. Sometimes I just lay on my living room floor and that's how I recharge. I just do nothing. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand you and I, we are sisters. I have, we're in my, I'm in my new apartment and I don't have a lot of furniture cause I got rid of a lot of furniture. You know, everything was in storage the past 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just bought this couch that I'm sitting on. I bought a mattress, but I don't have a lot more. And I love it because there's so much open space to be on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel you. <laughs> I have this mini couch. It's like a love seat. And everyone's like, why didn't you just get a regular couch? It's like, then it would take up my floor space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, you've done movement 109. I love the floor. Yeah, yeah. around all over the floor and then dancing as much as I can. It's yeah. yeah. We got to get, we got to get on the ground, feel that feel the floor, get into your body. Like you said earlier, yep. get into the body. Yeah. What is, speaking of which I'm wondering, cause you, it sounds like you've been drawn more and more to this kind of somatic therapy mm-hmm. that, um, 
how you you were already spoke a little bit about you know the transitions that have been happening for you and in, in recognizing how your body feels um what was that shift for you what was that calling to you to get into your body more if that yeah i think i've always had such strong intuition but um just how i was raised in the, my past relationship um i kind of really shut down what my body was telling me I definitely shut down what my body was telling me. And um, throughout the years, I just kind of learned to not trust my body. And so I think going through my divorce um, and looking back at it and be like, wow, my body was really telling me that this wasn't right. And for years I ignored her. So that was a huge part of it for me because when I'm in my head, it's like my ego, hey, we're just gonna keep you safe up here. Um, but if I actually tap into my body and listen to my intuition, um, she hasn't really stirred me wrong. So it was just more kind of learning how to do that and trusting my body, um, which really helped me trust myself as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that was a really, really important piece for me. Mm, that's great. We ju I just did two week uh, podcast on dissolving the ego. Mm. <laughs> so you'll have to listen to it and see if that resonates with you. Yeah, I definitely uh, we are, we, our Western world is so in our head and so disconnected to our body. And I am definitely feeling that what is happening here collectively right now, that it's a call to get back into the body, you know, to, to stop, you know, up here in the head where we think it's this voice, right? This intuition, but it's not, it's, it's like you said, it's ego of some sort trying to keep us protected, but it doesn't even know really what it's protecting from. It's just all fear-based or power-based um, and, and not really, as you said, protecting her, your, your body. She, know, she knows. I love how you said that. She knows. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. However, I do think talk therapy can only take you so far. And so that's why I'm, I've been really diving more into the somatic work as you know, with your dance, um, I think our, bo our bodies are so yeah. smart and our brains are like, keeps me stuck. So <laughs> yeah, that hamster wheel, that mm -hmm. brain hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And there, you know, I think there's a lot of science that's been out about neuroplastic plasticity, you know, over the past, I don't know, however many years, 20 plus years, but now there's so much new research happening about fascia and how we can also repattern our fascia, our connective tissue. So it is a, what you're doing, what you did, like you said, uh, the talk therapy is helping you change the thought patterns. Mm -hmm. And now we're shifting and now you're shifting your body into changing its patterns, you know, how it was storing memories. And as you were saying, you're talking to a trauma therapist. So now it's like unearthing some things that, had been stuck there that even your brain might not have had allowed you to get to. So it's like going deep. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and like I said, you're following the breadcrumbs. That's yeah. so beautiful. And it's been so interesting okay. with the, uh, my trauma therapist, we've been doing EMDR and just feeling in my body where it's releasing like, Oh, okay. There was something there that I, I thought it was gone. Um, so it's just been a really interesting process and still learn more about my body. Can you share a little bit, you don't have to talk about your specific experience of what you're unearthing, but um, can you share the experience of, of this therapy EMDR 
for people who don't, who aren't um, familiar with it? Yeah. So what happens is um, I think of a memory and I feel like whatever sensation happens in my body, I focus on that sensation and try to stay out of my thinking mind. Um, I put on headphones and listen to those by, by how do you say that word? I always say it wrong. By Oriental Beast. <laughs> no oh, one? yeah. Yeah. I can't say um, it either. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully people need to like a beta state or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then I just focus on the sensation in my body. Um, and then the therapist will check in with me in a few minutes and like, what are you feeling? What emotions are coming up? And then you just stick with that emotion until it kind of moves through until that energy moves through the body. And then you don't really feel any emotion towards that memory anymore. Mm hmm. So it's kind of just taking, you know, if I think of something and I get super charged up, it's like taking that charge out of it. And so I'll have that memory and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened, but there's no negative emotion towards it. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you probably learned this through your therapy is when we experience something like an emotion or some sort of trigger of a past emotion, it can only last in your body for 90 seconds. The chemicals that it's releasing to have that experience of what you're feeling is actually only going through the body uh, for 90 seconds. And then after that, that's when the brain, our little monkey brain takes over and continues that pattern, yeah. right? It continues that pattern. So uh, this is what it sounds like. It's bringing it up and then you're sitting with it and observing it and letting it go, let it dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And even uh, outside of the uh, sessions with my therapist, I'll notice certain sensations in my body. It's like, oh, okay, this is so releasing. So just having her say, hey, this might happen. Because if I felt this and didn't have her say that to me, I would just be like, oh, okay, this is a weird thing. But it's like, oh, no, this is, I'm still releasing part of the trauma here. So it's fascinating. Yeah, it's giving me yeah, it's like a safe container and that there are all of it belongs mm -hmm. so that when it comes, it, it is a safe place for it to, to come up, right? Instead of going into the brain again and going, oh my God, here it is again. Ah, what is this? What is this? Right? You can stay in your body yeah. and experience it. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I know. This work is so beautiful. I just, I love it. The more and more I go deeper, deeper in and share it and talk about it like with people like you who are who are doing the work too i love it uh so and you're doing a coaching program now and you're leading it you said you're at the end of the you said two weeks you're partnering with someone so what is that looking like for you yeah so my friend jess and i uh she's a holistic therapist and also a coach so we developed this program um it's called dare to be seen and it's a six week group program um, and basically we just go over a lot of introspection and future visioning of where people are and where they want to be. Um, we have a heart connection week where I take them into an embodiment practice and really have them try to feel, which this one woman, she's so funny. She's so against it. She's like, no, I'm in my head. I'm going to stay there. I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> so it's trying to pull her through that. Um, and then there's just confidence building, boundary setting, and then just taking everything we learned in the six weeks and putting it into action so they can go after their goals and what they want in life. So it's been a, such a beautiful process. Um, even with week one of just, we also have a telegram app where the women could support each other. And so they're in there constantly and just, sh they're so vulnerable, um, sharing all their truth and everyone is so supportive of each other. And it's just like, ah, this is what we need. We need this sisterhood. And 
Like I'm so sick of women just being against each other and just to have women from all over the U S and going through different things, but also feeling so similarly towards each other and just like, like, Oh, I'm not alone. I think a couple of people have said that like, it's so nice to know I'm not alone, uh, especially during mm-hmm. these times. So it's been so beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I, I spoke, to, I can't remember when I spoke to you last, but I was telling you, I have this program called who are we becoming yeah. and similar, but it's really just about the somatic practice of movement 109 and then sharing people's stories. So I work with them privately uh, and kind of unpack a little bit of their, their trauma and give them resources. Mm-hmm. And then we come together and each week we honor somebody's story. So we hold space for them. And it's the same, and, and same thing, you know, lots of, you know, people from around the world, lots of different stories, but when you get to the essence of it, it always came down to, I wasn't seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a pattern that's, you know, shown up in their lives over and over again, or it's a moment in time that they just held on to and have not been able to let it go is, is that they just didn't feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And to bring that to the light, yeah, to bring that to the light in their bodies and to feel seen and heard, even in the virtual world, right? Um, I wasn't sure how that would translate in, in the virtual world. But as you said, like even like the little apps, they're supporting each other. Mm-hmm. It is, it's been such a special experience to hold that space for, it's an honor to hold this space for people, but it's also just such a beautiful experience to be able to see it for, you know, see, see people and hear people and, mm-hmm. and, you know, let them finally feel seen and heard in that way. Yeah. It's an amazing journey. So, to yeah. What is the name of it again? Because it was exactly that. It was something to be seen. There to be what seen. There to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's this fear of actually being seen, right? Not just, oh, I wasn't seen and I'm sad about it, but it's like, oh God, now I don't know how I would act if I were seen. Exactly. Yeah. And I even have the fear myself sometimes. So, and I'm running the program. <laughs> it's like, we all have it. That's what keeps you a good leader, you know, is that you are doing the work side by side. Uh, there's a quote, I don't know where it is, but it's like the, the teacher, the leader's only a few steps ahead. Mm, yeah, yeah. So we're going, we're not like, we've conquered this, you know, <laughs> follow me. It's just, I am doing this work side by side, but I'm just maybe like a step or two ahead. So I have some extra resources to send yeah. back to you. Yeah. True. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So when are you doing that again? You said you're finishing up. Are you going to do this again regularly or? We are. I just don't have a date. So um, maybe sometime in, I don't know if we're going to do it again this year. Or we're going to wait until the new year, um, but it's coming. So Awesome. Cool. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it feels we're, we're going to wrap up in the end of or beginning of November, it feels more organic to wait for the holidays and yeah. I'll start it up again. Especially with the yeah. election and everything. I think it's just going to be, it'll be interesting times. So very interesting times, Which but we need this work. Yeah. I mean, this might be the best time of people needing this work. So yeah, absolutely. What we're all feeling collectively right now, um, is, is a collective trauma. We're all experiencing a collective trigger of trauma of mm-hmm. past lives. Yeah. Of what we've all experienced in some way, shape or form in this life. But I think also in our past lives and 
we need these resources right now to to bring them to the light. Like what you're saying you're experiencing in your body. That's like what we're all experiencing right now is like that unearthing of what has been here this whole time. Uh, but I don't know for you in terms of, you know, cause you are still like really in the, the healing process for yourself. But for me, I feel like, and I've talked to some other people who are on the, the path of facilitators or teachers or healers, um, that they felt like they were getting prepared for this time for everybody. So I feel really the most, the more than I ever have grounded. Wow. I feel grounded in that I'm supposed to be here right now and offer these resources to people and hold that space for people. Cause I already like, not that I'm, like I said, I'm up on the mountain, like I've conquered this, but I have had so much inner work and so many challenges that people are now just unearthing for themselves because of what we're going through in the election and, and the pandemic, all of it that we're going through. It's like, oh yeah, I've done that. I, yeah, I felt that before. <laughs> I definitely felt that before. You know, what you were saying about the, um, the being an introvert and, oh yeah, this is what I want to be. Like, I also <laughs> felt that in the pandemic where people were like, oh my God, I don't have a job. What's my naked paycheck going to be? It's like, oh yeah, welcome to the club. You know, I've been a dancer and a yoga teacher my whole life. Like I've always lived paycheck to paycheck. This yeah. is not, I felt like I was being prepared for this in some way. Do you, do you have a sense of that too? That's, I actually, before I answer that, I want to say that it's so beautiful. And I feel like you came into my life at the perfect time with mm -hmm. the Blaze Retreat. Because you're like, how did you even find me? Because most people who went on the trip already knew you. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that was perfect timing. And we kind of had somewhat similar stories of our marriage as well. So uh, you had already went through it and you were walking me through it in Belize. So thank you for that. Um is it preparing me? Yeah, I think so. At the beginning of the pandemic, I remember one of my coworkers asking me like how I was doing so well during it. I was like, well, I went through a divorce. Like this is easy to me. <laughs> so it's like, I really learned how to self-regulate. Um, so yeah, definitely in a sense, I feel like what I'm going through is preparing me to also guide people down the line. Yeah. And it sounds like you're doing a beautiful job. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm so, I am very grateful that I connected with you in Belize and I didn't, did you find a youth like book yoga retreats? I can't I remember. So. Yeah. Because I always put things up there and I never really have much, you know, interest through that because the search engine's so big, yeah. but I think Belize is still small enough that if somebody was specifically looking for Belize, I don't know, but whatever divine yeah. timing was on our side. Exactly. I am so grateful that I got to meet you there and also be a guide for you, be of service to you. And then also be able to witness, you know, what you've been doing these past two years is, is truly beautiful. Like I said, being able to check in with you from time to time and see you on Instagram. I mean, that's, it's hard to, you know, unpack what, what's really happening, but you know, Instagram, like social media is yeah, but but I do have a sense that you know you're being very authentic there, mm -hmm. and so I can check in with you. And uh, but yeah, it's been such a a, a pleasure being, here. and then it continues. I'm not going to say like bye. Yeah, yeah it continues. So um, yeah, I'm grateful that we do this. We'll have to do like an annual podcast check in. Where is Katie? Perfect. I love <laughs> Where is she now? How's that relationship going? Right? <laughs> 
what is she unpeeling now? Yeah, what trauma is she getting there? Is she in the, on the other side of healing or is she in the midst of it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep checking in with you. I love it. Yeah. And if people want to reach out to you and, and, you know, work with you, how do they find you? I am mostly on Instagram at, at katie.sroka. It's K-A-T-I-E dot S-R-O-K-A. Sroka. I see I didn't say your last name because I'm always afraid I'll say it wrong. It's okay. Most people do. <laughs> there you That's go. And I'll put that also in your show, in our show notes too, or Jen will. Yeah. Uh, so she's the person that does those things. Awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap things up? Uh, I just want to thank you for bringing me on again. And it's also been amazing to watch your business grow and watch you grow during this. And I'm so glad that we've been staying in touch. Um, you know, like whenever you meet people, like, oh yeah, let's stay in touch and do it for maybe a month. But two years later, we're still talking and still in each other's lives. So that means a lot to me. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You brightened up my day. It was like the beginning of this month where you sent me a text and I, I am just like everyone else. I freak out like the business and what am I doing? What am I like? There are people that are, you know, that I'm responsible for now that I pay. Uh, (laughs) um, And your text came in at the right moment earlier this month where you just kind of randomly reached out to say, acknowledge that we met two years ago and how I I made an impact in your life. So that, I don't know if I expressed that, but that made my, my whole month in a lot of ways. So good. Yeah. Thank you for that. And yeah, thank you for acknowledging me and let's just keep doing it, girl. Correct. I'm in. Yeah. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much. So I hope you enjoyed our time with Katie. And just a reminder, we have our courses over at nomadalwaysathome.teachable.com. There's something for you over there waiting for you to dive in deep. And I would love, love, love to have you share this podcast if it resonated with you and know of a friend or a family member that it could possibly touch in some way as well share with them and also write us a review if you're listening over at apple Podcasts. we would really love it it definitely helps us get a little boost and share the love out in the world so let's make it happen together